Hello and welcome to BJGP Interviews. My name is Ewan Lawson. In this episode, we talk to Dr. Sarah Bailey, who is a senior research fellow at the uh, with the Disco Cancer Diagnostics Group, led by Professor Willie Hamilton at the University of Exeter in the UK. Uh, so the paper we want to talk about is all about high platelet counts and thrombocytosis. It's titled Association of Non-Malignant Diseases with Thrombocytosis, a Prospective Cohort Study in General Practice. Uh, and you can find the link in the show notes, show notes to that paper. Thrombocytosis has recently emerged as a risk marker for undiagnosed cancer in patients in primary care. And the BJGP published a paper in 2017 by the same team and by including Sarah, which showed that there was about an 11% risk in the year after of developing, um, of being diagnosed with cancer in primary care. This is really important background to this study. And I started by asking Sarah to tell us a little bit more about that 2017 study and what it found. Yes, so the original paper um, in 2017 uh, investigated a cohort of 40,000 patients with thrombocytosis. And the key finding from that paper was that 11% of the men and 6% of the women went on to be diagnosed with a new cancer within a year. And this was just a real groundbreaking finding um, in terms of risk of cancer in primary care. 11% is actually very high, which your readers will know. These findings were presented at um, a lot of conferences and events and so on and so forth. And frequently with clinical audiences, invariably somebody would ask, what about the other 80% or 89% of, um, of patients? What did they have? What else should we be looking for? And it was really frustrating not to be able to have an answer for that because we'd only looked at cancer. So um, this study comes in when um, Dr. Jan Clark, who's the lead author on the paper, um, was completing actually her master's research project with us. She's an academic clinical fellow. And this is something that she was really interested in and wanted to follow up on. And so that is how this study originated. So what we wanted to do with this study was take the original sample of patients that we started with in the thrombocytosis 2017 study and find out what other diseases did those patients have? What do they already have? What prevalent conditions could have explained those findings? And what new diagnoses did they receive within a year of the new thrombocytosis. And the aim there was to give clinicians something to go from um, to point to what kind of conditions might be causing it or what other things should they be looking for having ruled out cancer. Okay, grand. We'll come to those findings in just a moment. The, uh, yeah, I think we shouldn't. Um, it, was a, it was a fantastic study published in the BJGP in 2017 showing that thrombocytosis, I'm not, actually, if you ask me, I'm not sure, I knew it was 11%. I'm not sure I knew it was the men were 11% and the women were 6%. So it just goes to show that what we have to be careful what we remember, but still incredibly high number to pick up a diagnosis of cancer in the next year. When you consider some of the kind of predictive values that we regard as acceptable to send up for two-week waits, um, that's really high for thrombocytosis. Yeah, so generally the threshold is 3%, so 11% was really something. Um, I mean, there's a kind of a, a risk associated with patients having been selected for blood testing in the first place, which we do need to be aware of. Um, and we had a comparison cohort of normal platelet counts so that we could judge that um, effect. And actually 4% of patients with a normal platelet count were diagnosed with cancer, which was a bit of an alarming result, but actually it's simply an artifact of 
those patients having been selected for testing. So if you want the, the sort of added value of the platelet count on top of that is the difference between that 4% and the 11% in them, which is still way over 3%. So yeah, that's really interesting as well. You mentioned that in the the um the final section of the paper in the strengths and limitations about these this potential selection bias here, but for those that have gone forward for a full blood count, there was a, we we'll come to the results in a minute of this paper because they're obviously really important and interesting. There's a little wrinkle there as well that interestingly you had more females in this sample as well, didn't you? And there and there seemed to be I w I was put in mind very quickly of the Criado Perez book about invisible. Um, uh, invisible women and gender data bias that in fact the thrombocytosis limitations are probably designed around uh, the thrombocytosis um, normal limits I should say the normal limits for platelets are perhaps designed more around men than women. Yes that's entirely possible um, the there's also women consult more which does sort of skew things from the very beginning before we even got to blood testing. Um, women have higher baseline platelet counts anyway so actually, rather than the current threshold being more suitable for men, I think actually the current suitable is great for women. Current threshold is great for women, but a lower threshold might be more suitable for men as their baseline platelet count is slightly lower. OK, that's interesting. Well, so let, let, let's get on to the results of this paper. Tell us what you found. So we found that around um, half of the patients in the cohort had some other condition that could have explained the thrombocytosis. So if I start by talking about the pre-existing disease findings, um, the patients with thrombocytosis were two and a half times more likely to have rheumatoid arthritis, nearly two times more likely to have COPD, and one and a half times more likely to have inflammatory bowel disease. So these are conditions that if you have a patient with an unexpected thrombocytosis and one of these conditions, this is a plausible explanation for that finding. Um, don't completely rule out cancer if they have those conditions, um, but these are things that could provide an explanation. In terms of the new diagnoses, so other things to look out for in patients who don't have any kind of explanation, uh, pre-existing explanation, we found that giant cell arthritis and rheumatoid arthritis were most likely new diagnoses in the patients with thrombocytosis. So these conditions are five times more likely to be diagnosed in patients with thrombocytosis compared to those with a normal platelet count. So um, a good place to look for further clues is other blood test results or inflammatory markers. Um, Obviously, other clinical signs and symptoms are also a good place to look. Um, any kind of lung symptoms, consider a lung cancer. Um, or if there's any bowel symptoms, consider a fit, either for um, colorectal cancer. But there were other um, gastrointestinal conditions that were diagnosed more commonly in the thrombocytosis cohort. Uh, so other than inflammatory bowel disease, celiac disease and segmental colitis with diverticulosis were newly diagnosed in one and a half percent of the thrombocytosis cohort. So a fit might be a great place to start, whether you think um, cancer is possible or not. Yeah, there's a really excellent section in the implications for practice part of this paper that runs through some of these possibilities. Um, and, you know, the, how we might go about managing patients where we find a raised platelet count. It's, and um, you've summarised that very nicely there. I think the main thing is actually is thinking about cancer, first of all, isn't it? In that to pick up that 11 percent or, uh, you know, as we've discussed, 
6% mm. in women. Um, but then it's about thinking about those prevalent conditions as well and whether they could be the cause. But of course, people with prevalent conditions get cancer too. So we've got to be a little bit cautious on that side. Which is something we didn't explore in this, actually, like how that cancer breakdown varies. And also there's like clusters of diseases that influence what cancers are more likely to develop and various reasons. So it's actually a lot more complicated than we've managed to capture in this paper, although this is a great starting point. And our aim was really to give clinicians some further information or clues from which they can make evidence-based decisions about who to investigate and what that strategy should be. Um, but definitely your own personal clinical judgment and the individual history of that patient will play a big part in that decision making. Yeah, I think there's um, you're very clear in the paper on this that there's so much going on. There's absolutely um, this is not a kind of formulaic approach here. It needs that whole holistic history examination, gut feeling that all of those things that GPs are bringing to the consultation and the patients bringing with them a really important part of um, the assessment of these people. Um, so if we could summarise your findings of your um, paper relatively briefly um, for me. Yeah, so in this study, we looked at new and prevalent diagnoses in patients with an unexplained thrombocytosis. We found that rheumatoid arthritis, inflammatory bowel disease, or COPD, are likely existing diagnoses in people with thrombocytosis that could explain that finding. We also found that giant cell arteritis and rheumatoid arthritis are likely new diagnoses in patients with no other explanation for thrombocytosis. Sarah, that's really wonderful. Thank you. It's a, a, another fascinating paper to add to the um, that last one, which I, I, you know, you told me earlier was your, in fact, your PhD and a wonderful bit of work to start with. Um, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening to this BJGP podcast. The original research papers and articles can be found at bjgp.org. The show notes and podcast audio can be found at bjgplife.com. Do share if you've enjoyed it. Subscribe via all the usual places, including Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, or your podcaster of choice. Thanks again.